Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Very familiar verses, but I want to start there, and then I'll make some comments. I want to begin in verse 1 and read through to verse 7. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Verse 7, Jesus says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So this is again John chapter 3. Verses 1 through 7. There is so much that could be said about these verses. But for our study today, I want you to notice that Jesus says here in verse 7, you must be born again. Among other reasons, and we could, I have taught on these scriptures at length. We have a lot of revelation here, don't we? (laughs) Okay. One of the reasons that Jesus says this, and this is what I want to focus in on today, isn't it funny how just when you think you, you've exhausted Scripture, something else jumps out? So guess what? Something else jumped out. Um, <laughs> I want you to understand something here, that Jesus says you must be born again because he understands, listen now, that man is more spiritual than natural. Because following Adam's fall, man lost the revelation of who they were. They lost their identity. And so mankind now thinks that he is more natural than he is spirit. I really need you to catch this now. That's why so many people live their lives like there is nothing else to their life than that life. You know, today, you know, eat and drink because tomorrow you might die, you know. (laughs) You know, that sort of a thing. But Scripture is very clear when it says that whatever we do in this life has consequences in the next. Now, I want to go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to begin reading in verses 31, but I want to make some comments now. This is one of the key things that I want us to focus on as we, I don't know, charge this year, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Um, With everything that is going on, I feel like we're backing up, and we need to charge ahead. You know, when it gets the darkest, we are to shine the brightest, 
Amen. You know, some people go, oh, it's getting so dark. Hallelujah, you're the light of the world. <laughs> Amen. Don't go join the darkness. Be the light. Jesus said, you are the light. He didn't say try to be. He just said, you are. Because when you get saved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life comes with light. When you get the life, you get the light. That's what John chapter 1, I believe, and verse around 4 says. So I need you to understand something. That it is vitally important that we begin to understand that we were born of the Spirit. We were created by a Spirit. God is spirit, Jesus said. And we'll look at that scripture. We'll look at that scripture when we get to it. Okay. And we need, you need to understand that since spirit, a spirit created everything, and God breathed into man his life, that spirit, and we became a living soul. One of the translations says something to the effect of a speaking spirit, I think it says. That's very interesting, you know, and, and all the different, I guess, angles that you can take that, you know, you look at it from different angles and you get different revelations about things. I always, it, it always uh, <laughs> makes me smile when I, you know, see some theologian going, oh, no, we believe this and that's all there is to it. And somebody else is so convinced that th what they think is, is right and I'm thinking, yeah, you're both convinced because there's a truth there on both sides. You all need to understand that you can't claim one truth and say, well, that's all there is to God. <laughs> okay? I don't know how many times I've looked at things and found another truth and another one and another one. I have just learned just to find out where all the truth is and just keep looking for more. And praise God, the more truth you get, the more revelation you get, the more power you get, the more doors begin to open, and the less Hosea 4.6 happens in your life. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You become the exact opposite. Amen? If you're destroyed for the, for the lack of knowledge, then family, the opposite is also true. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Right. Amen. Amen. So I'm helping your soul to prosper, <laughs> okay, today, in the area of being spiritually minded. Now, I want to look at some things today, and then we'll continue this next week. I was trying to do one. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> But there are some truths that need a little bit more time. And I think sometimes you need a week for it to settle before you come and get the next thing and build on something that hopefully will be a foundation in your life. Amen. Jesus taught over and over again the same thing. Do you all know that? He didn't say, now see, now I taught that last week. I can't do it this week. <laughs> no. He would repeat. There, there, are, there are instances in the Bible, as you read in the original text, it says that he repeatedly said things. Do you all know that's the reason why they knew to write this stuff? Are you kidding me? They're not going to remember to write all this if they, he only told him once. But if you repeat it, and they had a, a thing back then where they would learn to memorize things because they couldn't write things down. 
And so they, they would have systems that they would use to remember and memorize things. And if you are repeatedly receiving the same information, I can tell you this, you remember it exactly. Amen. <laughs> okay. Or pretty close to it. And then that's why you have four Gospels. Because between the four of them, somebody got, <laughs> okay, all of it's there somewhere. All right. <laughs> Amen. Now, getting back to this, I, I, I really want you to get this revelation today. That man is more spiritual than natural. There is more to you than what you can see in the mirror. In fact, what you see in the mirror is only about a third of you. There's another two-thirds. You are a spirit, soul, and body. So there are two parts of you that you can't see. Amen. And isn't it sad that people are living their life based on one-third of what they can see? Not, only are the, not on the other two-thirds that they can't see, and that's eternal. Now, you will get a resurrection body, but I don't think it's going to be like, you know, this one. Uh, whatever God does, who cares? Whatever God does, it'll be good. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> it won't get run down or nothing. All right? Hallelujah. So, <laughs> Matthew chapter 25 I want to read in verse, verses, uh, quite a few scriptures, verses 31 through 46. Because I want you to see something. I want you to see, I want you to understand, I want you to establish this as a fact in your life. That the, what we are today, the life that we're living today is just a drop in the ocean of eternity. You know, we think that this is... All there is to life, it isn't. If you took this life and measured it against eternity, listen to me, it would almost amount to nothing. It would be this tiny, itty bitty little speck. <laughs> okay? And yet, your whole eternity depends on that speck. Isn't that interesting? What you do now, how you behave now, the decisions that you make now, will determine how you spend eternity. I think that's pretty huge. There's no do-overs. Unless somebody bring you back from the dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. With that in mind, I want you to, let's read Matthew 25, beginning verse 31. Jesus is speaking. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of, uh, throne of his glory. Verse 32. Matthew 25, 32. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. I'm sorry if it's not up that we kind of lost our overhead person today. And he will set, verse 33, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come you, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Verse 36, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him. Saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? 
when did, verse 38, when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When is all of this happening? Right now. Listen to me. Get this. Verse 40. Did I read verse 39? I didn't read verse 39. Okay. Verse 39 says, Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Did I read verse 38? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm making it very difficult for people at the back, aren't I? All right. I want you to notice all the things he says here. You gave me food. You visited me. You clothed me. You did all of these things, and they didn't even know. You know, the thing was that they were doing it for God. And, you know, when you do stuff for God, you don't keep tabs. You just do the next thing he tells you to do, and you move on. The only reason you remember those things is when you get blessed for them. I've noticed that. <laughs> okay? And you think, Lord, and he goes, well, remember when? And you go, oh, is that what's happening? I wasn't looking for it. See, we don't ever do Now, let, let me share this with you as well. We need to be so careful that we don't let that mentality of, oh, I'm going to do this to get something, become the reason why we do things. We do things because we are led by the Spirit to do things. We do things because they are the right thing to do. And God says, this is the right thing. This is not just a good thing. This is a God thing. You all know the difference? You can do the right thing at the wrong time. And it's not a God thing. It's just a good thing that probably won't end up being good at the end. You all understand? Okay. But when you do things in God's time, according to God's will, then it is a God thing. And then it will have the blessing and the benefit that will come with it. Because there will be a blessing on it. As soon as you, there's, there is blessing in obedience. Hello. There's no blessing in compromise. What do you all mean? Well, God says, now, I want you to do this. I want you to bless them with this amount. And you go, now, let's talk about that. See, you're talking yourself out of the blessing now. And everything you whittle down that you think you can get away with is everything you're going to do without. God looks at you and says, okay, I know where you're going. Let me just give you a little revelation here. And he says, hmm, that person needs to be blessed. I need you to do this for them right now. There's a need there that's good ground. So there. And he tells you, I want you to, can I just use some numbers? Just, uh, okay. He says, now, give that person $50. And you say, now, Lord, <laughs> I don't think you, I, you know, just in case you haven't seen my bank account right now. Uh, <laughs> There's like $60. I, I need sort of, you know, I can't live on 10 So, you know, let, let's talk about this a little bit, shall we? Like God didn't know. And so as you start talking to him, everything that you negotiate, you negotiate yourself out of. You're not saving money now. You're actually... Wasting money. You are not, you, you, there, there was a blessing on 50 that was going to be all that you needed when you got to a place where you needed something. And that would cover it. What you negotiated won't cover it. And then when you get to that place, you'd be like, oh God, I need this. I'm praying for this. How come it's in the coming? Well, that's because over there you negotiated. You can only reap 
<laughs> but you sow. You can't go in the garden and not put any seeds in and go, where's the plant? A farmer will go, there's an idiot. <laughs> Did you put a seed in? No. But you expect a plant? Yes. Go back to bed. You're too dumb to wake up this morning. <laughs> okay, you know. Listen, this is how the kingdom works. That's the reason why, you know, you, we teach you about giving and receiving so that you understand something. Not that you give to receive, but as you give, you will receive. Know that whatever you decide to give, no matter, you know, however you decide to bless, and according to God's will, according to God's leading. Not because you're going to say, now look God, you said to give 50, I'm going to give 60 because, you know, ha ha, because I'm just a man of faith. And, you know, and God says, no, I just need you to give the, you're going to need the 10 bucks. Okay, <laughs> all right? And you just go, no, 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 God, I'm doing this. And then suddenly you're going hungry. And then you're going, God, and he goes, I told you, keep 10. See how that doesn't work either? No, we don't have a testimony because we got hungry. But had you kept the 10, somebody would have come and blessed you, and it would have all worked out. I don't know. Okay, I'm making stuff up right now. I'm just trying to get a point across to you that this is how this works. This whole system works that way. I want you to notice that these people are blessing people. They're clothing people, they're feeding people, they're doing whatever they need to do. And they're not doing it as one of those, look, Lord, we did all this for you. Where's our blessing? They have forgotten about it. And Jesus is saying, you know, you did all this. They said, when? And so he goes in to say. Again, I'll begin in verse 39, go to verse 40. Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you, you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. In other words, that person that you knew couldn't help, couldn't do anything back to you. See, a lot of times we say, now if I give that to that person, what will I get back? That's how the world works. God doesn't work that way. I, you know, it doesn't bother me. I said, go to God. Uh, can I just be honest? Confessions of a pastor. <laughs> oh, I'll come back to church next week, okay? Or online, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I said, then come on, Lord. You know, we, we want to do this over here. We know nothing's going to come from that. Oh, uh, You know, this is in my early days, okay? When I was in, you know, I was a baby Christian. I had my diapers around the, my knee area somewhere, and God's trying to tell me big things, and I'm like, I'm tripping over my nappy trying to do the little things. Oh, okay, back then, okay? So don't get disappointed in me now. All right, so this, I just want to be honest with you. So this is back then, and so I'd go, no, I'm not going to, are you kidding me? There's absolutely nothing that can come from, you know why? Because I was naturally minded. I wasn't spiritually minded. I was looking at things the way the world looks at things. You don't do things in the kingdom of God the same way, you know, <laughs> a worldly person does things. You see, when you do things as unto the Lord, God becomes your employer. God becomes the one that blesses you. God becomes responsible for looking after all of your needs according to His riches in glory, not according to your situation. But only if you are involved in his system. 
If you go to your system or you're compromising, James says a double-minded person won't receive anything from God. Because you're neither here nor there. I did that too. More confessions of a pastor. I'm just telling you, man, there was a time, okay? You learn from these things. And then you realize, hang on a second, you can't play dice with God. You can't negotiate with God. You just do what he says and it will work. You don't and something won't work somewhere down the line. Because he knows exactly what needs to happen in order for the thing to work. It's like, you know, you're in an aircraft or something. Sorry, Andrew. You know, you're in an aircraft. The pilot has dropped dead, not Andrew. And, you know, and, and so you're flying this thing, and the person in the tower is trying to help you land the thing. Probably won't, but I'm just using this example. And so, you know, they say, now you make sure that you push that button, that button, that button, and push that thing in and do that. And you can't say to them, oh, look, that's too many things. Can I just negotiate down to a few things? That's called crashing. You have to push all the buttons. <laughs> do you all understand what I'm saying? Isn't it funny how we will do that in the natural, but when it comes to spiritual things, we start negotiating because it's just too many things, Lord. That's right. You know? Hello? Moving on. Then he will also, verse 41, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. Verse 42, verse 43. Matthew 25, 43. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Verse 44. Then they will also answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Verse 45, then he will answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, in so much, in as much, excuse me, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Let me just say this. Among other things, we see that if a person does not get born again and allow themselves to be influenced by God, then they will automatically follow after the devil and not only be influenced by him, but will also suffer the same punishment as him. Did you all get that? See, we're here. God has rescued us. God, again, I'm talking about spiritual and natural. I'm talking about the life that you're living right now versus what every, all the things that you're doing right now that's going to mean something later on. The life that a lot of people think is the only life they're going to have versus the life that they have right now is just a seed for the life that they're going to have. And what is that seed going to look like? And what kind of harvest are you going to have? We need to make that decision now, family, as we come into the new year and as we're approaching, you know, what's coming in this year. I believe that this is a time to shine. I believe that this is a time for us to actually start to show ourselves as the body of Christ and what the body of Christ should look like and sound like and be like. As things get worse, 
things should be getting better on our end. Somebody said this a long time ago, and I, I'm beginning to see and get the revelation of it now. They said things will get darker and things will get brighter. And there will come a division. And while in the, in the past there was this kind of gray area, so to speak, it, there won't be. The time is coming when you will know those that are with God and those that are not with God. I used that terminology on purpose. I didn't say those that are born again and those that are not born again. Did you hear what I just said? Those that are with God. Because there's a lot of people that are of God that are very religious. And they think they're with God. They're really not. In fact, they are surprised that you actually hear God's voice. I'm surprised that they're not. My question to them is, who are you listening to? Amen. Because there are voices in this earth. If it ain't God, <laughs> it's not good. All right. How much time do I have? I forgot. People are holding time cards. No? We, we don't care? About <laughs> Oh, you're no help. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go for a few more minutes and quit because I think we I think we started around 11 or after. Uh, was it about that time? Five past? Let's say about half an hour. We'll go five more minutes and we're done. Okay, let me just finish here. The, the, I'm sorry. I don't want to leave you on a downer, okay? Uh, <laughs> five minutes, thank you. All right, that's it. All right. Uh, I, I just, I, I need you to get a revelation today. I just want to lay a bit of a foundation today. I need you to understand a couple of things. I need you to understand, maybe we need to finish here, but I need you to understand this. I need you to understand that you are more spirit than natural. All right? There is so much more to you than you can see in the mirror. I need you to understand that your life right now, because if you begin to understand that, then you begin to understand there's more to you after this life than there is in this life. Amen. This is your beginning. This is not your end. As somebody once said, you know, once you get saved... You've done all the dying you're ever going to do. That's it. You now are in eternity. The moment you get saved, you are in eternity. And all you do is you leave this body behind and you keep going. You'll remember everything that you ever did. And you'll be living on a whole different plane. <laughs> okay? All right. Hallelujah. But I, I need you to get something here. I need you to understand. And I need you to get this revelation. That if we live our life as if this was all there is, then we're in trouble. And we are going to be subject to everything that is going on down in this planet. And we won't have any authority. We won't have a, any power over it. Because we won't understand that there's something else over it that's bigger than it, more powerful than it, that we can tap into and should be tapping into and should be living by that law, not this law. Down here is the law of sin and death and everything else that goes with it. Up there is the law of life. And can I add power? Hallelujah. Wisdom, revelation. Let me jump to you. I just need to jump to a scripture. We might come back to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 26 through 29. I want to read it through two, from two different translations. We'll finish here. 
The Apostle Paul is writing, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. The New Living Translation says, I'll just read it parallel, okay? He says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful or wealthy when God called you. I think that's interesting too. It's another view on this verse. Okay, so I, I need you to understand that this is in the world's view. It didn't say in God's view. It didn't say what was true. Did you get that? It didn't say, now this was true and the world saw it, but I'm just not going, I'm just going to disregard. No, 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 it didn't say that. It said according to the way the world looks at things, this is how you were. That's very important. Verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Again, this is what the world considers foolish and the world considers weak. And he takes those things that the world thinks are weak and foolish and confounds them with it. <laughs> okay? Because they actually weren't. But the world thought that. Get this. What's important is the way you look to God, not the world. Because their judgment of things is all messed up. They'll say you're doing well in something that any one of us could look and say, that person, <laughs> very quick example. You know, there might be somebody, you know, one parent saying, oh, I want my kid to grow up and be a doctor. You know, this was a thing in Sri Lanka, okay? Everybody had to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or something like that, okay? It couldn't be anything else. And anyway, you know, you just want him to, that's all you care. Just, I just want him to grow up and be a doctor, you know? Okay, that sort of a thing. And I mean, this is the most unethical, uncompassionate, mean, stingy, horrible human being. But that's all that matters. He's got MD after his name. And everybody says, oh, and they get to say, my son is a doctor. <laughs> yeah, but everybody wants to shoot it in the head. It's a horrible person. <laughs> but he's being a doctor. That's a, you know, listen, that's what's important to them. And God looks at it and they say, well, he's a doctor. Yes, come on up, Dr. Roche. Not that I'm, okay? <laughs> you know, because that, and doesn't matter, because he's a doctor. That's what the world thinks is important. And God looks at it and says, you know what? That is a bad person. <laughs> they may be smart. There's a lot of lunatics out there. Bad people that are very, very smart. That's not, listen to me. When you hire people for your company, please don't just hire them because they're smart. You make sure that they have a good character, that you can trust them. You can teach people things. But I tell you, if you get a bad character, man, they will, they will come in. They will take everything from you. They might even kick you out. I mean, they will just do all the wrong things. But they were smart, yeah, but they were not good people. Do you all understand? You really need to understand, that's, why, that's what this is talking about. God isn't against you being smart. But he does have a problem with bad character. Amen. He wants you to do the right thing for the right reason. 
He wants you to be a blessing, not always be looking to be blessed. He wants you to be a giver, not one who always takes advantage and tries to get as much as they can. Amen? And call that wealth. And I've run out of time. Verse 20. <laughs> I haven't finished it. Real quickly. Verse, <laughs> verse 20. And the base of the useless things of the world uh, and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to naught or nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. This is the way God works. I don't have time to explain that because I have run out of time, but we'll pick this up next time. But I need you to understand that the life that you're living right now is just a speck in eternity. Make the most of this speck because it is the seed. Have you all seen some of those massive trees that come from the littlest seed? And it started as this itty bitty seed. And had they put the picture of the seed on the packet, nobody would have bought it. <laughs> but they have the picture of what it's going to be on the packet. And every little seed in that packet is screaming, plant me! I'll grow! Don't look at me! Just plant me! Don't be moved by what you see! Plant me! There is more to me than meets the eye. Get me in the ground. I'll show you. <laughs> Amen? Are you willing to do that? You need to do that. Plant yourself in Christ. Walk away from those things that lead you astray. Get plugged into the God who was willing to give up his life for you so that you could have a life. Not just be alive, but have a life. A life that matters. A life that shines. But we can only do this if we know that we are more spiritual than we are natural. And there's so much more to this life and you than that can be seen in the mirror. Amen? More on this next week. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for all that you are doing in our lives, and we thank you, Father, for the promise of what we can be as we plant ourselves in you, as we trust you, as we rely on you. And I thank you, Lord. I just pray for every single individual right now that's listening to the sound of my voice, that's received this message. I want them to know today that there is more to them than what they can see in the mirror. That there is a God who loves them. That there is a God who wants to do the miraculous in them, for them, through them. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, for all the things that you are going to be sharing with us over the next two or three weeks that's going to bring this more alive and more real to us so that we keep our priorities right, that we put first things first and not, led, be, and not be led astray. Hallelujah. That our life counts and that we live the life that you planned for us. 
because we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which you planned beforehand that we should do. For all those that come into your kingdom, you already have a plan for them. Hallelujah. And that we walk that plan out in our life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.